Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Sports Burrito. Um, we're all here. We're all having a good time. This, uh, this sadly is the, fin- the final episode of our series, but we've got, boy, do we have an episode for you. Um, uh, so after weeks of waiting for our next guest, we've had a, a huge, huge turnout this week and we've got no one else but Jack Leach is coming on the pod. The legend. Um, the legend. Headingly hero. The nut. The nut. Call him whatever you like. Just around a sensational cricketer and more importantly a sensational guy um, so yeah this is, uh, this is Jack Leach here we go 3.57 for 9 here's Cummins Bowles and it's short oh. and very well played Stokes going for the run through they come England can't lose wow. the Ashes are alive What do you do with the field now? <laughs> well played, Jack Leach. He's off the mark. And he's going to give Stokes a little tap of the gloves. Stokes is on strike. England need one to win. They can't lose. How have you been All good? Yeah, yeah, all good. Uh, back to training this week, so... Um... A bit stiff, but um, other than that, all good. How are you guys? Yeah, yeah not, not too bad, actually. We really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Uh, well, the, the night, 24 hours late, but yeah. <laughs> it happened. Better late it than happened. never. Better late than never. Um, um, so you said you said you just gone back into training. Um, so how's that been? Yep. Nice to see the lads again. Good to get back uh, into the camaraderie yeah, yeah. all, or has it all been quite separate? Def- so? um, definitely good to be back. Um, obviously doing what we love um but um yeah it's it is all very individual with uh covid kind of precautions and stuff um and but yeah i mean we have we gymming together in smaller groups which is um good and and nice to see the lads in october we were um on furlough which um was was great because october's off anyway and so yeah, yeah. It, it meant that we couldn't do anything um yeah, I feel like um, it's time to get fit again because I did feel a little bit um, unfit at fitness testing. So, um, yeah, it's definitely time to to get back at it and um, obviously prepare for what might be to come maybe after Christmas. Yeah, so I was, I was going to follow up with the question. Do you know what? Do you know what's happening in terms of the test schedule and in terms of what you're going to be um, you might be looking at in the, in the coming up months? Yeah, well. Um, we've been told sort of to prepare for everything, but um, you know, everything's kind of up in the air a little bit. There's still a few things to iron out with, um, with Sri Lanka cricket board um, about that series, which is meant to be happening. We'll leave on the 2nd of January. So, uh, but they do um, expect that to go ahead. Um, and then straight off, uh, straight after that would be to India Um I don't know how far they are through planning that. I think India are quite adamant that they want to have it in India. Um, yep. But obviously, I, IPL was in Dubai. So um, there's a chance of that as well. I think it's just all um, politics and um, kind of <clears throat> money related. You know, like I think I feel like there's a good chance the series will go ahead just from a TV rights point of view. Like there's a lot of money to obviously. Uh, be lost if it doesn't happen. Um, so um, I would expect there to be cricket. Yeah. 
how are you feeling about getting getting down in the subcontinent? Because I suppose you haven't really played too many test matches down there um, up to this point. Yeah, we've been good about trying out the new decks and seeing how it goes out there. Yeah, hope, hopefully it'll be spinning. Um, but um, yeah, no, I, uh, my only experience is in Sri Lanka, um, in a, and we, you know, we won three 0 so that was a really, real good experience, and um, I've got some great memories from there. So um hoping hoping for for more of the same and um yeah i think um if we want to kind of push on in the test championship side of things then uh we probably need to go and and try try and win both games and um yeah i expect there'll be um result wickets but you never know so um yeah we'll wait and see yeah no i'm sure well, i'm sure there will be um and just to look back a bit, Jack, uh, well, just ask you some questions, I guess, about your bowling. But the 2016 yeah. county, county Championship, uh, where you took 65 wickets uh, and you, you were top or second leading wicket taker that year. Do you reckon there was anything specific that happened that year? Anything in terms of your action that improved your confidence? Or do you reckon quite a bit of your experience came to the fore? Or what do you reckon? Yeah, that that it, feels like, it feels like a long time ago now. Um, and... Um, yeah, I guess um, there were a few things that sort of maybe played its part. I guess I played a, a, a number of games through the years, maybe four or five games each year. and But there was kind of overseas spinners that we signed. And so, uh, you know, there was limited opportunity. But um, I think that year we found a, a method and that revolved around, you know, the decks spun at Taunton. Um, so I felt lucky in that way to get to, play on those wickets but I think you know I'd had enough experience beforehand um, to then be able to do well on those wickets and um, you know there's quite a lot of pressure that comes with that so um, I wouldn't sort of play down what I did on those wickets um, but I think um, that definitely helped me um, I think uh, we had Chris Rogers um, as captain um, and he um, you know he, I think he definitely brought the best out of me in terms of um, he would probably um, expect a lot from me um, as an inexperienced spinner and kind of maybe that uh, really, really brought out the best in me. And um, yeah, I just, I mean, my dream was always to sort of play for Somerset and I, I grew up watching a lot of Somerset cricket as a kid. So uh, to be out there kind of uh, taking wickets and hearing the crowd and, that kind of thing was was amazing, and I, I would say it wasn't until later on that I had the dream of playing for England. To be honest, like um, I probably wasn't, um, you know, I never even thought of that as a as a thing that could have happened. So um, to just be doing that for Somerset was was an amazing feeling, and and I really felt at that point like I was uh, living my dream. So so yeah, it was um, exciting year definitely. Oh, brilliant! Um, and just. Also, I can't remember what year it was, but I think it was after that when, when your action got investigated. Yeah, uh, it was after that, yeah. <clears throat> so what, what kind of changed and was that quite difficult to something that you know so well and something that you've been performing so well doing? Was that quite tough to then change? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, probably the psychology of it, really, and in terms of um, the mental side of how what impact that had on me, um, was the biggest thing. I think obviously I'd never been called by an umpire or um, had any kind of inkling that there was an issue. Um, 
and it was only when I got picked for the Lions off the back of doing well for Somerset that um, you know you have these um, sort of general tests done at Loughborough. You know they um, check to see how likely you are to have a back injury, and and all the bowlers got tested, and um, you know part of that was the degrees in your arm, and obviously got flagged up there. Um, so then um, that came as a big shock. Um, and obviously I didn't like the kind of stuff that potentially could come with it. Um, you know, it's, it's cheating. So, um, you have to kind of, but it wasn't something that I was purposely <laughs> trying to do. So, um, it is, um, it, it was a, it was a tricky one. Um, but I mean, I, the ECB few guys knew, but, they were like, let's keep it in-house. Like there's not ever been an issue. Let's do the work that you need to get done in the winter. And and then, um, you know, no one really needs to know. And obviously it combined with um, the India series and uh, England were getting humped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that was, and, and people were calling for me to play on Twitter <clears throat> and saying like, why is Jack Leach not involved? Like, why has he not been picked on a tour? Then Zafran Sari got injured. Liam Dawson got called up and obviously they knew that um, they they didn't want to pick me because they knew I was going through the work that I was going through and I, I didn't want to get picked to that point either and yeah and but then on Twitter you know there's so much pressure from media and articles saying why is Jack Nietzsche not playing <laughs> the last day of that um, tour I the morning I woke up at like 7 or 7 30 and um obviously the time well I think Andrew Strauss was in Australia but he rang me and left me a message and said I'm really sorry but it's got out to the Daily Mail um and so we need someone that had leaked it yeah, to yeah. the to the Daily Mail which is the worst people to get hold of it and, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> and um yeah so that was a really really low point I guess is like how are people going to take it um what's what's the kind of reaction going to be to it um and actually it was it was pretty good and obviously I'd done a lot of the work by then that I felt like actually my action was a lot cleaner and you know once I spoke to the guy um who does does the tests and find out about what actually constitutes a throw and things then I could really understand that it wasn't something that yeah. was helping me it was actually the better you know I was going to be a better bowler for, for, for doing that and I'd have a stronger action. So, um, yeah, just cracked on with work and, and um, yeah, oh, passed the test. And good. then did the test again and passed it, which was good. Class, class. And obviously, Jack, we want to take it a bit more out like, sort of up to date now. Looking back to last yeah. year, you got 92 versus Ireland. I mean, <laughs> first and foremost, how gutted weren't you to make the 100? Turn up. Um yeah, I mean, that's everyone's first question, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't think, I don't think I was as gutted about not getting 100 that I was pleased about getting 92. I think, um, yeah, I mean, at the time, I didn't really, didn't really give a shit about the, <laughs> um, 100. I was just like, this is unbelievable. Like, run. Running around the dressing like, room full house and um Ruti had said to me um you know for every 10 runs you get I'll buy you a decent bottle of wine 
Um, nice. And cool. um, I think he thought he'd have to get me maybe one or two bottles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because we in the game, we were in a lot of trouble at the po- at that point. So yeah. he wanted me to try and bat for as long as possible. And I was like, oh, I want to try and bat 100 balls. And um, it all just escalated a little bit. And um, yeah, I ended up with nine bottles of wine, I think. So um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, I, it wasn't until a couple of days later that I um, thought, oh, only eight, eight more runs. And then yeah, you would yeah. have been on the board forever. <laughs> So, um, That's all. Yeah. obviously le- leading on from that as well, we always have this question for cricketers that predominantly uh, are bowlers. At school, where did you sort of go on the pecking order in terms of, of batting? Were you like opening? Yeah. Were you three or four? Uh, no. Well, I guess I went to state school, didn't play much, like they didn't play much cricket. Yeah, I opened the batting and, but I didn't do a particularly good job. Um, <laughs> yeah. For my count for county age groups, I was the twelfth man who bowled. Nice. So I really didn't get as well. Really and, didn't and even it, get anywhere near the willow. It felt it felt un, like I felt like I could bat a little bit, but I think it was the fact that I was going to be a main bowler. Like it meant that they didn't like necessarily let you um, have the opportunity to bat. So it was kind of like um, the easy option in a way, um, but. Yeah, I mean, so it wasn't until I kind of maybe 17, 18 that I was like, felt like I needed to take my batting a little bit more seriously because, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess um, it all makes difference. But um, yeah, so yeah. You'll take um, the 92. You'll take the 92. I will. I will. I think I, I, read, think I, got, about, I, read a... I got about 20 runs, I think, in my school and club career. So. I was the 11th man as well. You just get clean yeah. bowled every time. We just wouldn't leave. And there you go, game over. <laughs> uh, I, read a, I read a glorious quote, Jack, that was in a BBC article, I think you wrote, um, that I'm not too worried about the 92. All I want to tell my mates when I go to the pub when I'm older, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell my mates I opened the batting for England. And I thought that was yeah. a really so, nice quote. Yeah, I mean, I, I, did it, I did it in Sri Lanka as well. So I've done it twice for England and I'm averaging 45. So... Um, that that's um. I'd be whispering that. And Dom, so I'd be whispering that. Hope, and Dom and Rory's ear, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, hopefully it never happens again, and then um, I'll have <laughs> forty-five as a test opener. Um, class. That's class. So, um, yeah, but um, no, I do. Um, Burnsy's pretty. Um, I said to Burnsy that it's um privilege to open the batting with you and he was like nah it's a privilege to open the batting with you so um <laughs> that was good, yeah. Yeah. Sibley's taken up to Sibley's replaced me and he's he's done all right and Nick so yeah he's, he's coping he's coping <laughs> I guess uh, the, the obvious jump we asked when we said we were getting you on the podcast we asked the listeners to sort of send in questions and basically, ninety uh, percent of them focused around that meaning. Yeah. You're probably well aware that it did. I that, knew that it day, would. That day heading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the first thing I want to ask is, so like, how how vivid is your memory of the, of that sort of wild? Was it about an hour and forty five minutes? I suppose you spent at the Greece. Um, yeah. Well, how vivid? Like, how vivid do you remember it? Or is it sort of a blur, or just sort of? How yeah. do you feel about the whole thing now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's so hard to um, kind of put into words I think it is all a bit of a blur um I guess my memory of it is kind of watching it back actually I watched it back in lockdown for the first time um when they were kind of doing that day where they showed the whole day 
Um, the and they had people, yeah, the watch along, that's it. And, so um, good, so good. Yeah, I, I um, yeah, it was like, because I could only remember really two of my balls. I, I remember blocking um, Nathan Lyon and I remember yeah. my single. And like, nice. I faced one ball off Nathan Lyon and then I single, but I faced all the other balls and I could not remember any of them. But <laughs> sort of like ducking and weaving and like, um, every time I ducked, like, it was like, I just hit a six, like the cheer was that amazing. And um, oh, it was unbelievable. yeah, I mean, I mean, all I can remember from the day is like the atmosphere, how amazing it was. Um, oh, I remember Ruti speaking to me in the dressing room when uh, Brody went out there and he was like, um, just remember it's not over until um, everyone's out or something like that. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, all right, mate. Like <laughs> 70 to win, there's no chance here. And um so I kind of I'm glad I went in with like, a, like I felt like I had nothing to lose in a way. So it was quite nice to go in like that. And um, Stokesy said to me, look, try and get through the rest of this over. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I managed to do that. And then, um, you know, then he said a bit more of a plan. He said, um, you're going to face one or two balls every over. And I was actually a little bit like, oh, okay. <laughs> like I thought, you know, to knock off 70, I knew he was good, but I thought, you know, it's going to have to be a bit of a team effort. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, he had other ideas. And, like, I think what impressed, like, the thing I probably enjoyed most about it was actually being in the, that moment because I'd never felt so focused on the cricket field. And, like, just, like, it was just about taking one ball at a time. And, and you know, it became quite simple in that way because um you know sometimes you're worrying about what's to come or what's been or what's happened and it was just like you were fighting for your life out there and I was just fighting to stay with Stokesy and unbelievable to see how he went about it like I thought he was just this guy that played off instinct and played the ridiculous shots he played ridiculous shots but <laughs> they were planned and he did have a plan That's like crazy. um he is Oh, he's just my hero, literally. I, he's, all, he's, all, he's, all, he's all of ours as well. He's, he's all of ours. I know, I know. It's just like, I felt like a fan. Like, I was watching everyone go mad, and I was like, don't go mad. Like, when he hit, like, a <laughs> shot, like, that reverse sweep for six. I was going to ask about the reverse sweep for six. I was just like, what has just happened there? But, like, <laughs> I just was like, I just went down, like, prodding the wicket, and I just was like, shot mate next ball next ball like think about the next ball. <laughs> I didn't even say like what a shot that is like it was just like because the closer it got the more you felt like oh we we've got a chance to do this like let like I don't want to like think about the end because then you'll just be distracted by what's going on now um and obviously as you could see as it got closer it got harder and yeah. Um, you know, it could have been very different, but um luckily Nathan Lyon slippery fingers. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, Nathan. Yeah. I was gonna ask again, what's going through what's going through your mind in that I don't know, for a second and a half? You've you've, you've taken off, you've seen Nathan Lyon catching it. Is there is it just just blank, just oh my god, what have I, I done? I just remember the there was the ball after that that was the LBW shout. Yeah. And you know, all the players were like crowding around the umpire and I was like shaking about the ball before. 
Um, and <laughs> I was trying to, cl- I was like trying to clean my glasses because I was like, then I'm suddenly like, I've got a face to hold over here. Um, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna get a one. Like I didn't even think about that. I was like, I've got a face to hold over here, but like I was pretty confident I could do it. But I had to be real focused. I had to have clean glasses. Yeah. And um, yeah, so um, I was trying to get my glasses back on, and I was shaking, and it was just um, not going well. And Stokes was like. I think Stokes was very pretty pissed off with me and um but like he was just like yeah come on mate you got this and um then uh yeah then luckily I just managed to like nudge it into like a vacant gaff and um take off yeah yeah and then uh Stokes he called me through and I just pegged it up there and, <laughs> um and then I just knew that I wouldn't have to face anymore because I knew Stokes was going to bang that ball for four because the field was going to be in yeah. And uh, wherever it was, he was going to whack it, but he got a short wide one. <laughs> it was just perfect. So and Jack, obviously, you said you said you were cleaning the glasses. How much of that was gamesmanship, as or was it more necessary, or was it just for you to take a moment to be like, right, let's just recoup, clean the glasses, process starts again, as you said, one ball at a time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> people keep asking me this, and um, it was <laughs> like pretty much 100% just to clean my glasses um I just <laughs> felt that I would really regret it if they weren't quite clean and it was quite hot yeah. and I was sweating and it was like yeah yeah cool. you know, I'd really regret it if um they weren't quite right and and again because I was so focused on in the moment that I was like really um sort of clear on what needed to be right for me to face each ball um and yeah I mean there was so I didn't feel in a rush out there and I didn't feel like the best way to do it was to rush it because I felt like that's when something bad could happen so um as much as it was probably only towards the end where it became um you know I thought I had a we had a day and a half to knock off 70 so it was <laughs> yeah, as long yeah. as we need yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean it was probably wasn't till the next game in Manchester that we lost but we were trying to get a draw that I yeah. then started cleaning my glasses to try and waste time. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, in yeah, the yeah. Heavenly game, it was going to be a result either way. So yeah, um, it, I just needed to make sure they were clean and and I wouldn't regret anything. And also, like, you know, I haven't played an awful lot on TV. So I was thinking, oh, imagine if they like, they like zoom in, like these cameras are amazing. Like if they zoom in on yeah. my glasses and they see a little drop of sweat, like everyone <laughs> wanna kill me. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I had to get it right. That is funny. And, to, and also the other the other moment to ask about as well as the run out incident, um or non run out incident, thankfully. So you there's a Ben Stokes LBW late on. They'd obviously had the one with the review that they wasted and then yeah. or that they used unsuccessfully. And then the LBW, you were at the other end, you're yeah. staring down the barrel at that. You're obviously a spinner yourself. Did you when when you saw that hit the pad and you heard the shouts go up? What are you thinking? Oh no! Oh no! Or were you were you quite confident? I promise. I promise. I thought that's going down leg. I went down to Stokesy, and I said um, that was going down leg, wasn't it? And he was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was not <laughs> worried at all. Yeah. And then it and then it like we saw big we screen. heard afterwards. I don't think it was on the big screen, but I we heard afterwards or something that it was out. And I was just so confused because, like, from my angle, it was just definitely going down leg. Um, 
and and the thing that I'll say on that is if you actually see it does clip both pads and yeah. um it kind of like takes a weird I don't know if the angle's right but and also the fact that they've done it really quickly after a ball when it's not being given like if yeah. if it had been given would they have been more careful about how they did the DRS and make sure they get the right line to take the but yeah. I don't know how it really works but um I just didn't feel like the way that they had it going. I mean, I felt like it added to the drama. So I didn't Definitely. know whether they actually um, did that to so get to the Aussies. And um, yeah, I don't know, but I did think it was going down an egg. Okay, I nice. Um, and kind of related to that, kind of not. One of our one of our followers has got a tattoo. <laughs> um, really? Relating to that, and I'll I'll just show you. I'm not sure how well you'll be able to see it, but. Um, oh yeah, I've seen that actually somewhere. <laughs> there he is. Oh my god! Um, amazing. Bizarre as that. <laughs> I need to. You need to show me who that is. I need to say Back him down. Hi to him and uh, fair play. <laughs> I should probably. I should probably get a matching one. <laughs> brilliant. I think it looks pretty brilliant. Um, and related to that, where where is the nickname the nut come from? Um, well, obviously it's because I don't have any hair, but um, Joss, Joss, uh, Joss Butler came up with it, I think, and um, we used to say a lot about like uh, keeping your nut down um, and um, keeping your nut low, kind of like just going about your business um, quietly. But um, yeah, I think um, then obviously once I shaved my hair off, I he was like the nut, and it kind of stuck and. I've had everything since crunchy nut and all these kind of things. So, um, yeah, so, yeah it's, it has stuck and I quite like it actually. So, um, yeah. I'm quite happy with it. Yeah, My girlfriend calls me nutty. <laughs> Did, uh, Joss, Joss is quite an interesting one because he strikes obviously he comes across on camera whenever he does interviews. He's such a, like, a polite, charming guy, but you see there are clips of him behind the stump and you hear. Hear stories about him in the dressing room. He seems to have a sort of a dark side that he, he hides behind, yeah. hides away from the camera. He's the best interviewer. Like he's just like straight down the line, like media yeah. trained to the max. Like yeah, yeah. Um, he's got like a, like I always think he's got like a, this. He's got like an interview voice, and then um, when he comes out of it, like he's just a great bloke and um, down to earth, um, really hard worker, and thinks about the game a lot. And um, yeah, he's. Um, always trying to improve and uh, tactically very good as well. And um, yeah, he's um, really good to, to have on your team for sure. And obviously moving on with that, like obviously Joss and things like that, who, one of the big things that we found from interviewing people is finding out weird superstitions they have. And it's pretty mm. well known that cricketers have a few, few bizarre ones along the way. What, what, what are yours? Um, I don't really have, I don't really have any. We've been told um, this by two people before they end up listing a load of long superstitions. They always start off saying, I don't have that many. Have, Mike, Burgess, Mike, Mike Burgess came on and said he didn't have that many. And then all of a sudden he was telling us that his right sock had to go on before his left sock, his right pad on before his left pad and all these other ones. Yeah, okay. No, um, the, the one thing, I've got a good story actually about superstitions though, which is during that summer. So um, the Lord's Test Match I came in for, for the Ashes. Yeah. And... Um, Obviously, I'd just done well in the Ireland test, backing myself, but um, 
uh, Stokesy was was um, in a rush to pad up. We lost a couple of quick wickets, and suddenly he's running around trying to get all his kit on. Um, second innings, this is, and um, he um, he can't find his box, so he's like, "Leechy, can I borrow your box?" <laughs> and um, so I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and then give him my box, and. Um, he goes out and gets like 130 not out or something um, at Lords <laughs> in the Ashes. And um, yeah, so he says, uh, Litchi, uh, you, you won't be able to have that box back. <laughs> I've got to keep it. <laughs> and, he'd, and he'd used Collingwood's box for the last nine years that the same thing had happened. He, he rushing around looking for his box, needed Collie, so... Um, and then he'd, won, he'd obviously done well and used Collies. So now he uses my box and it's still going strong, I think. <laughs> there you go. Um, and obviously then it was only a game later that Headingly happened. And I was like, right, you're definitely keeping that box. Yeah, yeah. Like, because <laughs> yeah. Emily sent me up another one. And yeah, I was like, you have that box. You're a genius. Like, have it. <laughs> um, so but yeah, I mean, I wasn't, superstitious about my uh my box there so um but yeah i'll, I'll let stacy be is there anyone else in the dressing room that has particularly particularly weird routines or superstitions or anything or is it always everything um, set up or even the summer uh i'm sure they do have yeah i'm sure there's people with superstitions i know like rooty's always like playing with his bats like after he's like got um out or something then if he doesn't score runs and he's out early, he's got a lot of time to like kind of work on his bats and he's kind of shaving a little bit of wood off here and um, getting his grip a little bit different and having half a grip here, and um, quarter of a grip here and just trying different things to make his bats feel like like how he wants them. And Trez, Trez Gothic was exactly the same. Yeah. Um, so, and then other people would just, other people would just pick up their bat and they will have like, ripped handle a ripped grip and you know they seem to <laughs> yeah. just not care so um you get a real mixture but i think superstition is big in cricket um i think and we probably i probably can't think of them because you're so used to people um doing them doing them that it's just the norm but if you said it to a normal person they'd just be like what yeah yeah. Doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, i remember so. i remember dom Sib sibley was telling us about uh jonathan trot that used to kind of just get his box and just stare at it and that was what he was telling us in that episode and we were i was sat there with like a straight face and i was like is he winding us up here because that might be the weirdest thing i've ever heard that is... staring at his box just ready ready wow. to go I heard Trotty uh, was a bit nuts, but that is crazy. Um, yeah, no, um, Trotty's done some coaching with the England team over the summer and um, he's a great character and that doesn't really surprise me, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Brody did well in the summer and he um, he had a, a, a headband because the boys were wearing headbands at the start because they couldn't get a haircut. Yeah, obviously I don't have that issue, but um, and um, <laughs> but they um, and then Brody did really well, and then we we were allowed out for like a few days between the series, and he got a haircut, but he had to keep the the um headband on because he just got player of the series, and um, <laughs> so yeah, I think he's uh, sticking with that. So 
yeah that that is really superstitious if you think about it yeah yeah and is there anyone is there anyone in the dressing room so when you're in the, in the pre-match are you waiting to battle bowl is there anyone that sort of particularly nervous or is it, are you generally quite good as a team at sort of keeping everyone sort of level kilter and sort of together as that well or is it more everyone deals with things in their own ways and we just leave them alone to go and do that um yeah i think i think everyone sort of keeps themselves to themselves there's a bit of chat um a bit of music on in the dressing room like tries to keep it try to keep it chilled um especially if there's a little bit of a collapse going on um yeah Joffre sleeps um can't believe that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he does he does um <laughs> doing a little nudge it's your time buddy out you go <laughs> yeah yeah it's like some people who like like so see what i just explained like they really trust like they don't get ready like quick i don't think they get ready soon enough like they they wait like a wicket until they're literally next in to get ready and that always like worries me but then you know i guess uh, by the time there's they've walked out and you know if someone had to walk back in and got out first ball you'd still manage to get out there but i'm always like oh someone's gonna get timed out even though i've never seen anyone get timed out ever (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it's like the i have that dream um, that like I either I have a dream that I'm next in and I can't get it out in time or I'm like batting and I'm batting so well but I hit a nice shot and I try and run to the other end and I can't get there <laughs> oh, I always have that dream it's so that, weird that's a nightmare that's a nightmare yeah, yeah. yeah Luke, we, we talked about a dream the other day that Luke had on the podcast where he was playing for Spurs and gave Jose Mourinho his house keys before the start of the match so we're, we're yeah. well aware of the straight I was walking out with a mask on, and as I was going out, I just had my keys, put them out of my pocket, and just went, hold on to them, mate, and just walked out onto the pitch. It was a weird one, mate. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> it's very strange. Um, you need yeah. to get Jose on the podcast to tell him. That would be yeah. huge. That would be huge. That would be huge. <laughs> he's got um, Instagram at the moment, to be fair. He's been playing with his Instagram, so hopefully he's only a couple of he? steps away from finding us. Yeah, he's been posting some good stuff on there. Good content. Exactly. Oh, that's good. Um, in terms of this summer, the, the summer just gone where you guys were yeah. in the bubble, um, mm. we spoke to, to Sibley and he said a lot about uh, like morale in the dressing room. I can't remember his name. I think it's Mark, Mark the, the kit man. Mark yeah. Um, yeah. Who's now left the setup, I think. Do you think he'll be, he'll be missed? Apparently he was a really good character in the bubble and, and kept everyone's kind of... Yeah, uh, no, he, he's not left the setup. I think he's still there, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, what? he's he's yeah. still there. Has Sibley Sibley's racked him off? Has he? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I thought I'd read on the. Oh, uh... <laughs> uh, that must be to pay for Sibley's central contract. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, no, I think um, he's still no, he's um, still here, but he's like, I honestly think if that he'd be the last to go because um, he's that important to the like environment. Um, Obviously, he started as just a um, masseur, like, a, you know, team massage. And But he's so much more than that. Obviously, he does that. But, um, you know, he's basically the psychologist. Um, you know, the, when the boys are on tour in that bubble, you know, that bubble was tough, I think. And um, I certainly used Mark quite a lot and vented to him. And um, he's just... 
the most amazing guy. He, like everyone loves him. He's very caring. Um, yeah, just puts everyone first before himself. And um, yeah, I haven't got enough good words to say about him really. And um, I'm sure everyone would say the same thing. So um, yeah, he really brings the team together. I think, and um, it's really good to see someone who's not actually in the team have that much impact on yeah. on the team and um yeah i mean he's been around since i think he came in just as trez was finishing so he's been there a long yeah. time now and and you know we've had there's been several england coaches since then and several groups of like england staff i guess and and he's been there throughout so that's testament to him definitely sure Very good stuff Bit of a jokester we had as well. Bit of a jokester, the prankster of the dressing room. Yeah, no, he is definitely. Um, trying to think what I could say, but um, yeah, he's. he's that implies there's a lot of things that you don't feel like you can say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we things, like, um, But um, yeah, he um, he's got a funny like clown um, face that he sometimes brings out, or he's like massaging you, and then you he's like right. That's it. And then you look around and he's got it on or something and he just tries to get you. Um, uh, just stuff like that. But um, nah, he's he's brilliant. He kind of, uh, I guess he puts things in perspective pretty well and, and keeps it lighthearted as well. When, you know, in those kind of bubble situations, sometimes it's like hard to get away and remember that it like it's important, but it, it's, it's not as important as you're making out. And um yeah, I think um, he does a lot for people's um, mental health in a good way. Oh, good. Nice. I just wanted to pick up on something that you said earlier. Jack. You said you like you yeah. saw when you they're all out in India and you were sorting out your action and um, yeah. the like. Um, you said you saw stuff on social media and you saw people being like, oh, why isn't Leach playing? Pick him. I just wanted to ask, like, how much do you notice? It's probably quite a well long question, but how much do you notice the social media sort of presence, especially now you've got sort of something of a cult following? Um, um, how much do you see of, of all the social stuff on social media or are you generally quite good at keeping it keeping it to one side and only looking at it when you want to basically yeah I think I do try and um, probably stay away from it a little bit because I think either way I think when you're doing well um, social media probably makes you out to be better than you are and when you're doing badly it makes you out to be worse than you are so it's very much um, both extremes and realistically it's probably somewhere in the middle all the time so yeah. um i think it can be dangerous i think um mentally for me i know when i'm in a good space to look, have a look um yeah. but i wouldn't uh sort of be endlessly looking through things i might see the odd thing but um you know i think it's very important to to listen to people that you kind of trust and mm -hmm. um that you know have got your best interests and um Absolutely. yeah so, i mean for me it's only about trying to get better so um if there's something that can help me then great if if someone wants to call me a dickhead for being <laughs> yeah. here, then <laughs> it's not really gonna help me no, um, so i mean i've probably said worse. the only good thing is that i've probably said worse things to me myself than than they have so um yeah i mean I, I feel like i've been quite lucky and haven't had too much bad stuff on my social media but then again I might not have seen it so 
um, that means that I'm obviously doing a good job of, of, of staying clear. But um, yeah, I mean, there, it, it can be a, a horrible place, toxic place. And um, it's just everything's negative. News is so negative and um, <laughs> just in general, it's just um, even with all this COVID stuff and, um, you know, I follow Pierce Morgan and you look at, some of the comments and he just... loves it. He gets roasted. He honestly gets uh, that man. He, he doesn't I hated person I re- on Twitter. I've reached, but he I've doesn't give point. a shit, and I love that. I've reached the point. Yeah, yeah, I've reached the point where I just really respect it that he he just has absolutely no qualms taking as much shit as anyone possibly uh, can. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't even know if he agrees with himself on what he says. Like half the oh, time. never. I think never. he's just so got good. a stance, and he knows that it creates, um, the creates company. like. And a reaction, and that actually probably makes money at the end of the day. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah, um, wind up on TV. Exactly. It's just um, he's just playing a role, isn't it? But um, yeah, I just think how people speak to each other on there is just not very nice, and um, something that um, yeah, I don't really want to to consume myself in. Yeah, that is good. Um, what we thought we'd do. Uh, as well, yeah. Jeff, we haven't actually done it with any of our other guests yet, but we thought we'd just do a quick, uh, like a quick fire round of questions. And... Okay. I'm bad at that, but like, <laughs> I'll try my best. I usually have to think about things. But, um... <laughs> That's right. You're still allowed to think. You're allowed, yeah. Well... Okay, so straight out the gate, if you weren't a cricketer, what would you be? Uh, That's what I'm trying to work out for afterwards. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm very interested in mental health. I think um, I I would like to maybe just, I, I think it's com- becoming more and more of a thing uh, in life. And um, yeah, I'd, I would like to be able to help people in, in some way, whether it be um, physical with sort of personal training or, or mental. And I think bringing the two together, I think when I felt mentally at my best physically at my best like the two go hand in hand so i think right. um, bringing those two together in some way might be something for me not a very quick answer but sorry no no no, no absolutely that's that's, that's <laughs> fine um next up if if you could take two people from the world of sport but not cricket um and you're you're stranded on a desert island for six months who would you choose yeah. um michael jordan after watching right. last dance good pick good pick um, and probably um, his mate at the one, uh, Rod Zilla. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Rodman. Rodman. <laughs> that would be a wild big one. My favourite scene in Last Dance is when um, me and Sibley actually always laugh about this. It's like when, um, like, the coach, Phil Jackson or whatever, is like, um, got them all round and he's saying, like, when Rod Rodman went off Robin. to... But he went off to like Las Vegas, Vegas. or somewhere, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and for a few days, and and they were like, you, but you've got to come back, and he just didn't come back for like five days, <laughs> and then like he's got them all in a huddle, and he's like, Rodman's there, and he's like, look, he's like disrespected the group and all this. It's just before like a massive game in the playoffs, and then all you hear is Michael Jordan just go, Rodzilla. <laughs> it's just so good, like. Like the fact that they don't really care. I like just like as long as he does the job on the night, like it doesn't matter. And it's just like do what you like. So, so pure, like <laughs> like how much they just sort of 
um, trust each other to go and do the job. As you know, it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And what one of ones? My one was uh, three favorite films in no particular order. Three favorite films. Oh, God. Um, Are you really on the spot here? Yeah, this one. That's such, that's such a hard one. Isn't it? Like. <laughs> You can take your time, to be fair. I mean, I've um, three favourite films. I'm gonna. I watched The Hangover the other day, and I really loved it. I actually loved it so much. I watched two and three as well. So um, I'm gonna <laughs> take The Hangover gonna collection. Put, take all three of them. Yeah, that, <laughs> no, oh. I can't say that. Um, there's. Do you know what? I love Love Actually. I am a huge fan. No Honestly, I watch it. I watch it even when it's not Christmas. It's fine. Yeah, no, I, I literally watched it on Saturday with my missus, and then I was like, "We'll watch a Christmas film every okay. week now." I think. Um, nice. And oh, the other one that I have to put in there is um, Notting Hill. I, I watched that this weekend Again. as well. It's How so good. good! All of them. How That's good! A great trio. <laughs> great trio. <laughs> it's not like it's definitely not the three best films ever, but. It's my it's a, it's a good trio. That's, that's <laughs> an important answer. Let me say your favourite. We're bothered by. Yeah, it's a very good. Uh, final quick fire question. This is basically the second debate that we've been having because these two Neanderthals okay. are basically. Do you put chocolate in the fridge or not? Um. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Ah, yeah. That's it. About this. I'm so upset about this. I can't believe it. We've been, uh, I've been, I've been, I've been quite strongly arguing the case that it's not a good move, but now I'm outnumbered really? three to one. I'm not sure I've got any legs left. Well, I just don't understand why it, it just takes the flavour out of it once it's cold, doesn't it? Or apparently not. Do you think? Oh, yeah. I think it does. It's not. I think it's better cold. Better cold. White chocolate is better cold than lukewarm. I'll give you that. I mean, I don't have much say. My missus puts it in the fridge, and I just uh, keep quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not that a big uh, chocolate. I'm not oh, a big the... chocolate fan, actually. Oh, I'm more, enough. I'm more of a savoury guy, so I, I like my cheese and Cute. wine. That's what I'm into. Right. Nice. Yeah. Um, that, that and I do good? put, and I do put my cheese in the fridge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. cheese in the fridge. <laughs> perfect Friday evening, by the sound of it. Good man. Yeah. Well, not, you said you're a wine man. Are you white or red? We could add that on the old quick. Um, I'm red. Always I'll red. be red as well. Especially, I think. especially with always cheese. red. I think. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not fussy. <laughs> Good man. Um, I think that was all the questions you had. I don't know. All right. Cheers, thank, you thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Sorry yeah. again for last night. No, no, absolutely no worries. Um, but yeah, keep in contact. We will do. We will do. Thank you. Yeah. Stay safe. Cheers. Stay safe. All right. All right. Cheers, boys. And in comes Pat Cummins from the far end. He bowls to Stokes, who hammers it for four. <laughs> And stands there with the back raised. I can't believe we've seen that. That is the most extraordinary innings ever, ever been played by an Englishman. He punches the air, his helmet's off. He was hit on that helmet this morning. Bits flew off all over the place. And he slumped to his knees. Thank you very much for listening to the episode. We hope you enjoyed what a good bloke Jack Leach was, and we'll catch up with you lot in the new year. So, from me, it's over and out. Thanks a lot for listening, everyone. 
You've been Burrito. real good this series. Yeah, thank you. We've enjoyed we've enjoyed you listening to us. Yeah. We might not be the new year. We might do a 